everybody, and welcome to the Canadian Pod Cow. My name is Sarah Sash out here in beautiful, freezing cold British Columbia, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Campbell. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Sarah. It's freezing cold in BC in December. <laughs> How stunning. We can't resist talking about weather. Oh, yeah. Although, uh, so I actually want to, can you, can you just back up a little bit? Because that sweater you have on is amazing. So let's, oh, there's cows on it. My mind is even blown. I saw the Christmas lights. <laughs> it says Merry Christmas underneath it. And then there are Christmas trees and cows. And at the bottom there is and then even a row of udders. There's a so. row of udders under, oh, where do you get <laughs> such a fine piece of craftsmanship uh, in a sweater you like that? You can order online from PEI, Cow's Creamery. Yeah. Okay. Creamery. I see. I should have guessed that. Cat's Creamery does have all the cool stuff. So, I, I, I mean, it gives it away when you have a fantastic Christmas sweater like that. But like holiday planning, like everything's going well on your end. Yeah, I think we're finally almost getting to the part where we're like almost ready, and then boom, it's all going to be over. So, how about you? Well, you know, we, my wife Jess and I, we went shopping last week. It was lovely. We made our list. We're like, wow, I think we're almost done. And then at breakfast today, we're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now we're kind of in panic mode. So once again, we're doing some last minute shopping this week. That's where we're at. <laughs> ah, fun times. <laughs> Well, we're uh, definitely looking forward to the holiday season in the barn as well as you will be. I know uh, even though we both have robots, we all get to spend a little bit of time out there. I have to say the managing a dairy farm with robots during the holiday season is actually kind of a highlight for me. Um, we've got some nice beverages out there. <laughs> we're ready to enjoy things with the family. My kids wear Santa hats, so you know. I can look forward to seeing how your first uh, robot Christmas goes, Andrew. <laughs> well, this sounds like a great way. <laughs> I, I need to start making notes, I think. What should I do in my first Christmas in the new barn? But that's for another day. We have too much to talk about today, Sarah. So uh, we're all in this business because we love our animals. We love producing delicious quality milk. Um, but we're also in business, uh, let's face it, to make money and to be sustainable and profitable. Well, absolutely, Sarah. And today we thought we certainly wanted to reach out to an expert to figure out what are some of the secrets to profitable milk. That's the title that I want you to remember, Sarah, because certainly in the current economic context, like it's vitally important to look at all the tools and techniques available to dairy farmers. And uh, we're pretty lucky, actually. There's a workshop being offered by Lactinet on this very topic in early 2023. So today, we're offering you a preview of the Secrets to Profitable Milk, Lactinet's uh, upcoming workshop that you can actually look into signing up. And that is a great segue to our guest here on the Canadian Podcast. Our guest has a master's degree in agricultural economics from McGill University and a PhD in agricultural economics from the University of Kentucky. He has more than 17 years of experience in agricultural economics for various organizations in Canada and the United States. He is now an agroeconomist for Lactinet. Simon Jeté Nantel, welcome to the Canadian Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. 
Yeah, thanks for joining us, Simone. This is going to be a really interesting discussion when we talk about the workshop that Sarah mentioned in that Secrets to Profitable Milk. That's always a topic I love to hear about. But I want to take a step back and maybe take a bigger picture outlook here because we did do an episode earlier in the year that kind of was about the economic outlook for 2023. And like there were a lot of big question marks that, that I think a lot of farmers in general, but obviously dairy farmers in that, you know, that, that, that yeah, I guess the big thing is there's just a lot of question marks going into the new year. You know, from your perspective, where do you think we stand now and what are some of the challenges going into 2023? Yeah, well, that's uh, I I wish like just about any economist that had the answers to all those questions. But I, I think that's the key. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. <clears throat> but one thing we know is that there was um, a pre-2022 uh, and now like after 2022, things are things are different. There was a shift. Yes, we can talk, and I'm sure you you know you've heard a lot about feed costs, about input costs that have gone up, and where you know there's increasing level of uncertainty regarding those. And then there's a labor shortage. Uh, I'm sure you know, like everyone, you you've talked about it and you've heard about it. Um, that's that's going to be around for a while. And you know, we have an aging population, and you know, we hear our governments talking about immigration, but there's no there's no real quick quick fix to that. Um, but the real shift happened because of the interest rate, uh, you know, and and that's a big discussion. How long will those rates, are they still going to go up? We had a recent hike of half a point uh, in, in previous weeks. And now the question is, is there going to be still more um, increases in, uh, in that rate over the next few months? And most people are saying no, or maybe small ones. But then the bigger question is also when that's going to start coming down. Um, and like any other economist, I, I don't really have the answer to that. Some people are talking about a year, some others about two years. Um, but to me, like it's it's you know we have to start thinking differently about our management in some certain aspects because um, what um, what seems clear. <clears throat> is that uh, with with all those shifts in the interest rates, uh, is that when it comes down, it's not gonna go back to two uh, percent or something like that that you know some some farmers have experienced on on their mortgages. It's probably gonna go down. I mean, the target is two percent as the bank rate, uh, which means probably more something like four percent, four to five percent for um, uh, for borrowers. So I think we have to get back to to that. And as I said in in other uh, in other venues, it's the last ten to ten to fifteen years that were abnormal uh, with with the such low rates. And farmers may not be used to that. Just like you know, I was talking with some uh, financial advisors that are you know. Um, they have 10 years of experience in their job, but they, they have never worked in the market like what we're getting into right now. So we have to get used to that. And that's asking for um, a little bit of a tweak, I think, in our management. So in that context, can you talk to us about why Lactonet felt it was important to hold a workshop on the secrets to profitable milk? Like what drives that decision? I mean, you've, you've kind of started to answer that already, but a little bit of the, the reasoning um, behind it. Well, because we have that secret. Um, 
<laughs> those secrets. No, I, <laughs> no, I'll disclaimer right away. We don't necessarily have the secrets. Uh, there's a lot of different recipes to be profitable uh, in the dairy industry. Uh, no, I mean, the idea was like the context itself, you know, uh, it's challenging in many ways. Um, and, and in years past, we've tended to help uh, to have um, uh, workshops that focus on very specific aspects. Uh, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, feed margins or whether milk quality or, you know, uh, those those type, the, you know, specific workshops. And we wanted to have something a bit broader to bring bring management questions, you know, like broad management question on the table and to allow our, our people to be able to discuss of those broader, more more like strategic management type of issues um, and see how that links. I mean, the whole challenge within within the workshop that we are proposing is to actually bridge economic indicators with more technical stuff, more your day-to-day, -day, your operational, to try to make sense of all that. How can your economic indicators and benchmarks guide you in implementing some changes that you will see in your day-to-day -day and try to bridge the two? Too often, we, you know, you, you meet people, you come across people that have a very deep knowledge of some areas, some technical aspects of dairy production, but it's always a bit of a challenge to link it tightly to the economics. So that's the uh, the exercise that we're kind of proposing. And we think that the current context is, is lending itself uh, perfectly for that. So then when you do talk about those broad management strategies, um, you know, if, if we break down maybe a few of them without getting too many of the secrets away here, <laughs> but, you know, certainly when it comes to, you know, you mentioned it, uh, you know, a little earlier when you talk about like feed costs and just mm -hmm. like overall expenses. I mean, we've seen such a dramatic rise over the last couple of years. Um, you know, when we talk about some of those inflationary pressures on the expense size, like, do you see, do you see that kind of holding? Like, I, I mean, this is I don't want to give you a crystal ball that says when's it going <laughs> up and down. But I think like one of those things that that really, you know, I wonder about is when I'm looking at the management um, strategies, like, is this the new world in terms of the dollars we're spending on the expense side? Well, I don't know. I was just looking earlier on on you know like the the, the USDA forecasts and you know the good news is uh, they th they think that uh, corn prices and soybean meal prices are are going to come down a little bit over the next year, um, which would be good news. Um, how much can it come down? Well, that's a good question. It depends on on production costs of soybean and of corn themselves which we know with you know the price of fertilizer that's an open question what's what's going to happen to that um you know and one thing we know is that labor is not going to go down anytime soon so those costs are built in and will probably stay but all the other ones when it comes to uh, fertilizers fuels and all those things what i see and to me if you know if, if i was managing a farm that's that's the key thing i would is that I would I would remember is that uh, the risk level is going to increase variability of those costs of those prices. We've seen that on numerous charts that the variability of those of those inputs of the of those input prices have increased over time and they'll probably remain volatile, uh, which means like you know you might you know 
bring into the fold the importance of having contracts or some types of, you know, insurance on those prices if you want, whether it's storage, whether it's, you know, contracting out or something like that. Um, do you need that? Would you benefit from that? Those are questions that I think uh, dairy managers have to ask themselves. So when we think about profitability on the farm, and uh, I know that's not always the, the peak of conversation, depends who you're talking to, but um, like any business, a farm needs to make a profit, but then there's all kinds of other factors that we have to be weighing as well. Um, and trying to maintain, make sure that we're covering our costs and have that all under control. How how do we juggle all this stuff? I mean, we want to make sure our animal care is going well. We want to feed the girls what they need to be eating. We want to look after our employees. And it, it does uh, start to really layer on the things that we're looking into and trying to keep on top of during this time of uh like mm -hmm. you mentioned, kind of uncharted waters. Yeah. What can we yeah. do to get through this? And well, that's the key thing, and that's that's exactly what we thought we want to talk about. Um, one of the things I I want to mention right now is that the workshops uh, we really want them to be kind of a, a group discussion. Uh, there's going to be myself involved in in those workshops as the economic expert, and we're going to have some. Uh, uh, some advisors, farm advisors that you know have years and years of experience as well that are more knowledgeable on the technical side, and we're gonna have you know 10, 12 uh, different different producers sitting at the table as well at the virtual table, I should say. And the idea the idea is to have a discussion about that because there's not one secret. But as you as you mentioned, there's a lot of different layers. Um, sometimes we focus on the operational side. Sometimes we have, you know, I just talked about purchasing contracts and all the relationships, which to me is becoming more and more important. How do we manage business relationships with, with people that are doing custom work for us, with landlords from whom we're renting, um, employees you just mentioned. We have co-owners more and more businesses. You know, there's multiple owners. It involves a lot of different business relationships. We have to learn how to manage that. So that's that goes to HR, but business relationship in general. And there's the financial aspect. So there's a lot of different layers. And one of the key things is, you know, you cannot just focus on one of them. Uh, from time to time, you see people that are doing really well, you know, and I've seen both extremes. I've seen people that were good. They had, you know, they had a professional career as financial managers. They're good at that. They come onto a farm, they take over, whoops, it starts slipping into the barn because some technical aspects going off. And, and you see the other side where people are very good in the barn, but they don't focus enough maybe on the other aspects. So it's trying to reach a balance. You need what we are finding out is that in order to be top level in terms of profitability, uh, and you mentioned there's not just profit. As an economist, I would my counter argument is that you always need certain level of profit to achieve your goals and your mission, whatever you know, whatever those are. Uh, the level of profit might might differ, but if you want to expand, uh, if you want to innovate, oftentimes you need more profit to sustain that growth and to sustain transfers and things like that. But yeah, I mean, in order to be on top level. In terms of profitability, it's not just having cows that produce milk. It's also about knowing how to manage uh, your people, knowing how to manage your finance. All of them deserve some time. And within our group discussion, we will 
We will give some leeway to the group to to kind of drive that discussion where they want to go. If they want to lean more on on the human side of things and the labor side of things, more on the financial, delve a little bit on the on some technical aspects. Uh, we will let people drive that. Although we've, we've kept uh, we've kept one card in our uh, in our hand that we we absolutely want to talk about, uh, and there's one topic that we reserve for ourselves. Oh. Shucks, I was kind of hoping you'd let that one out of the bag, Simone, but <laughs> it will come. I mean, it, it'll come. Well, so so when you talk about all this, like something something comes to mind, and it's you know, obviously I'm I'm very proud to be a dairy farmer, and that's what I think of myself. But there's obviously a lot of days I've got to think of myself as a dairy manager uh, and put that word kind of to the forefront, maybe more often, and, and and spend that time here in the office, and you know, do that type of thing as you know, as dairy farmers, as you as you talk to dairy farmers, um, you know, what are some of the key things that you think are really important for a person to shift their thinking a little bit to make sure that they understand the importance of that, you know, dairy manager responsibility, not just the dairy farmer part? Yeah. And that, yeah, as I was just saying, it's you have to take it from the financial aspect, the, the the human aspect is very important. I mean, you know, as I I, I mentioned earlier on uh, to you guys, you know, I've worked I've worked in the U.S. Uh, you know, from from 2015 to 2021, and you know, when when you start getting into a larger farm, there's more and more people involved, and the human aspect. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, you can ask yourself, why are you so proud of being a dairy farmer? And I'm sure it's going to be more like human related or emotional elements that will come to the fore. And and that's why we do things. And there's humans involved in, in all around your business. And so understanding the importance of that part and, and how to manage it is going to be key. But, you know, you need to have a strategic view, you know, a long term view and understanding how are your finance going? Are your people going? And then the technical aspect, the herd itself, you know, the cows themselves. Um, as as one manager told me, is like the day I realized that I was no longer myself managing cows, I was managing people who were themselves doing things for my cows. Then that's when things started to go well for me as as a manager of a larger herd. Now, not all the herds are there. Not all farm managers are there, but all farm managers are dealing with some with some labor issues and some financial issues. And in the current context, you know, we've talked about the interest rate, we've talked a little bit about the labor shortage. We have to be able to address those and and to be willing, you know, to come to the workshop. You have to have a bit of humility to say, like, I think I can learn about this, and I think maybe, you know. I can improve on some of those aspects and have some openness to that and and the willingness to share uh, some of the good things that you've done and maybe some things where you know you've struggled a bit more and that's what makes those those group discussions very interesting. It's interesting. I kind of uh, fill this type of role on the farm to some extent, but I've never thought of myself as a farm manager. <laughs> <laughs> I deal with people and accounting and all of those types of the business. And that's how we've made it work for us is uh, by kind of splitting it out and having someone separate on the team do that. But not everyone has that advantage. So it kind of depends what your 
what your family group is like and what people want to be involved in. But I have to say, sometimes when you're describing what the transition to becoming a farm manager is, it seems kind of like we're trying to farm unicorns here <laughs> um, in that everybody, you know, it, for whatever reason you're in the industry, you, you're there because you enjoyed it or because it's your family legacy or because of all kinds of things. And it's really kind of changed now um, what the expectation is in order to be able to manage a business and uh, do this all at once. Like, isn't there some single recipe you can magically give us that uh, well, that's... <laughs> let us succeed into the future? Um, I mean, it's just becoming so increasingly complex. Yeah. And I think for a lot of farms, that's a lot to digest. It is a lot. And it, it is a lot. It's a big challenge. But that to me, that's the key. I mean, we can talk about challenge all day, challenges all day, but comes with that a lot of opportunities. I mean, things are changing. To me, as I said, I think there, there's opportunities. I mean, you know, right now, uh, you know, there, there, there's been some um, some milk production, you know, that that's opened up, and so that opened up for some opportunities for growth for certain people. Uh, there's opportunities in terms of new technologies. There's opportunities also in terms of growing your business um, and, and growing the people around it. And so, to me, it's like we we can look at all those opportunities. Is there a secret? Um, when you ask just about anybody who's worked with dairy managers, uh, what are the key or, or some of the common uh, traits that you find in good managers? I just mentioned humility a little earlier on, uh, openness, curiosity, and passion. If you put that all together, I mean, you know, the, the best that I've seen they're always asking questions. They're always open to new ideas. Doesn't mean that they will buy all of them and apply all of them. There's certain, you know. But um, as 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 one as one uh, financial advisor told me once, you you want to be on the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge. So it's it's <laughs> sometimes it can be a fine line. Um, but yeah, so so yes, it's it, this openness and that I think is key and embracing the challenge. The economic context in which we are in now has changed. We do not have control over that. You won't be able to convince your 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 lender to give you a 2.5 percent rate on your next renewal. That's not going to happen. Not in 2023. And you know the mill price is what it is. So we really want to focus on what what you can control, which is what's going on on your farm. You know, yes, how you're managing your cows, are you feeding them, how you are managing your 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 supplies and your inputs, your contracts, your people and your finances. And those are all the, the areas that we want to talk about. I'm talking quickly about finances. Um, we'll talk. We want to talk about assets, asset management. Uh, and to me, maybe if there's one secret for 2023 and probably 2024, at least any time before the interest rates will start dropping, is being smart with your assets. Uh, we see in the data that we have, the financial data that we have access to, that the top tier, most profitable farms, uh, they manage their assets a bit better than anybody else. So they don't need as much investment to crank out the dollar of revenue which means that their barn is full, that they're using their equipment to capacity, that, you know, there's nobody sleeping there in terms of assets and equipment. Um, they don't have pieces of land that, you know, that, that, that are not providing good yields and things like that. Uh, so 
learning how to manage your assets, I think is going to be a key point in the 2023-2024 context. Well, certainly, Simo, we we just need to take a quick break because we, as good podcast managers, also want to be on the cutting edge, not the bleeding edge. So we are going to take a very short break with our sponsors. We'll be back with Simon Jeté-Nantel from Lactinet in just a sec. As a chef, I like composting because it gives back to the earth. Hey, Aaron, how do dairy farmers help protect the planet? On my farm, I compost manure. This helps reduce the carbon footprint of milk production. Plus, manure makes for richer soil, which can help grow crops. So it's like the circle of life. Yeah, we're working towards a more sustainable future. I'm in, are you? I'm in. That's Dairy Farming Forward. Dairy Farmers of Canada, net zero by 2050. And we're back with our agri-economist at Lactinet guest. Uh, Simone, you were just actually talking about asset management, which is kind of a great segue. And I want to stay on this subject because I think, you know, when a farmer is looking at their assets right now, um, you know, and thinking particularly as interest rates move up. I mean, uh, the dynamic changes when it comes to, you know, how and what do we want to acquire um, in assets, you know, over the next, uh, you know, couple of years. What are some of the main questions we should be asking ourselves before we do go out and write that really big capital check, um, you know, for an asset? Well, the, to me, the first thing is like even before we talk about acquiring new assets, you have to look look in you know on the farm and say, do I need to own all of those assets? And the question, you know, why I'm asking that is that given the previous economic context, you know, when you were paying two percent on 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 loans, it didn't cost that much to have a bit more assets maybe than what you needed, or to you know, it, the ownership costs were not that high. But nowadays, those ownership costs have gone up tremendously. And so you have to ask yourself, do I need to have all that equipment? Uh, you know, whether it's in the barn, out the barn, in the field, do you need to own all of that? Do you need to own all the pieces of land that you have? Um, you know, you, you need to put all that in questions. And oftentimes, uh, the answer might be yes, but if you find some assets for which you're like, well, maybe not. Maybe it. Maybe we could do things in a different way. Uh, there's some form of co-ownership of assets, or you could do custom working or things like that. And, and if you're open to that, if you have some possibilities there, I think now is the time to look into that. So ask yourself, do you need to own all those assets? That's the first question. Then for all those assets, as you said, no, I, I, I think I really need to own and control those assets. Then the questions is, are they underutilized or are they utilized to their to their maximum? Because remember, they're costing you a lot right now to own them. So you have to ask yourself, am I doing the most out of the assets that I have? I've already had uh, you know, producers come come to our staff and ask, like, would I be better off doing three three milkings a day just to you know try to get more out of out of my herd out of my barn and out of my equipment and those are the kind of questions that we need to ask ourselves in in the current context and once you've done that once you've done kind of some some cleaning up if you want in terms of all of the assets that you own then you can start asking yourself okay 
which one, which where could I invest and how and plan that accordingly, which means taking the proper time to do your budgeting and your plan of your planning uh, for for new assets. But right now is a good time to to think about that more seriously. And uh, and and honestly, I cannot wait for for the workshop to start to hear what what producers have done, because I'm sure producers naturally have already started to think about that. You know, I, I'm, I'm really eager to see what they came up with, what kind of good tips uh, they're willing to share and what kind of situation we can help them with. So thinking about the production side for a minute, what about feed management? I mean, we know that feed is one of the biggest expenses we have on the farm. You've got to be managing what you're buying and what you've grown and what you have in inventory. There's some risk management involved. What's at stake with feed management? There's a lot at stake. I mean, feed management is a huge chunk of of, uh, of your cost of production. All, all dairy farmers know that. And in the past, uh, in the past, we've done entire workshops just looking at feed margins, how to improve your feed margins. You know, with with you know different rations, different strategies. Um, you know, but what we're gonna do here, what we're gonna aim for, is more like how keeping track of your feed margin can help you out some benchmarking benchmarking can help you uh pinpoint the areas where you could get you you could improve you know should i pay for that for, for those expensive supplements to get more milk out of my cows or not those are types of questions that we we've been asking ourselves but are worth revisiting in in the current context and and how the you know continuous benchmarking can help you in that uh benchmarking also involves how much you've paid for your for your different uh, different inputs, different feeds, and so as you said, you know, managing risk there. Is it worth it to have a contract, or is it worth it to have more storage in some cases uh, to be able to buy and and and, um, and you know in lar- with larger volumes get some discounts there? Uh, this is all; those are all going to be part of the risk management questions and issues that we actually want to put on the table and talk openly about. And in the Canadian context specifically, we've also got quota management to consider. That's got to be part of the equation. If it's mismanaged, there are there economic consequences? I mean, that doesn't even feel like a question, but what, what <laughs> would is. be the economic consequences of quota mismanagement? Well, obviously, uh, you know, it goes back to I was just talking about asset management. One of the big assets we have is quota. So therefore, like you want to get the most out of it. And surprisingly, uh, well, surprisingly, for a number of reasons, uh, we have producers that are not able to fulfill all their quota, and then depending on which provinces you are, you're in, uh, you, you have some mechanism to either rent it out or to you know get get your money's worth out of it. Uh, but it's not in every province, and so it's worth exploring. You know how to best manage the possibilities that you get out of the quota that you have, including uh, the additional days that we got and including you know the, the the quota that was just allocated recently. So how can you strategize to get the most out of it, even if in some cases your barn might be already full or you know you might be facing other constraints. So how can you try to make the most out of it? Because obviously, We've calculated like for for um, for a, a farm of 100 kilos of quota, um, if you're not filling it by one percent, it's eight thousand dollars that you've left on the table. So it's it's you know it's not insignificant. 
So then, Simone, when we talk about the actual workshop, um, you know, give me an idea. It sounds like this is a fit for every dairy farmer. Do you see that? Is this a fit for every dairy farmer in the country? Just about. I think so, yes. Uh, Because your top farmers, you know, as as I mentioned earlier on, the the most profitable farmers, those are doing – the best, you know, they're the most curious and they, they're usually open. They want to share. And we certainly welcome them because I've, I've, I have years of experience and I know I will be learning a lot during every workshop. And so I think uh, even the best managers will also learn a lot. They will also have the opportunity to share some of the good things that they're doing. We also have farmers, as I was mentioning earlier on, that are really good in terms of technical performances. And, you know, their cows are producing lots of milk. Uh, they have good, you know, milk quality, but maybe for some reasons in terms of economic performance, in terms of profitability, they might still have some fine tuning to do. And so uh, whether it's with the human side, the financial side or asset management side, I think they can probably pick up a few things from coming to our workshops. And so, as you mentioned, it's open to everyone. And the key thing is that in a moment of of crisis or in a crunch, like where I think we will be in in 2023, uh, it's often a good time. uh, You know, it pushes you. It's challenging you to find ways to do things better. And if you find a way to do things better, if you can shave off 50 cents or a dollar per hectoliter uh, in terms of your cost, that will stay with you for two, three, five years, 10 years. It will stay with you over time. So it's going to be an enduring profit gain that you will realize there. And sometimes that's that's the silver lining uh, of those of those crunch times. I love your mindset here. And uh, you're really bundling this up as a growth opportunity rather than a, a, a challenge right now. So if people are interested in registering and taking advantage of that, what should they do? Where can they find the information? Well, you can, uh, any any of our Lactanet staff uh, will have information about that. Um, otherwise, you can come to our, our website, uh, lactanet.ca, and uh, you should be able to find, uh, to find the information there uh, about our workshops. You'll find that also a number of uh, news outlets and medias directed at dairy farmers. Um, so we have workshops. We have actually two Two different types of workshops, the one we just talked about today. The other one is on rearing strategies and rearing costs that could also be of interest to some people. And also, you know, when you come in, as I mentioned, the, the only thing that you need to have coming in is some 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 thirst for growth and some some humility and some openness to share experience and taking uh taking ideas from others uh that's the only requirement now we will also provide uh all the participants with a way to benchmark themselves so we're going to send a little uh, a link with uh an opportunity to fill out a form that will give you like if you want to if you don't know your cost of production already which is a key for improvement knowing your cost and being able to benchmark yourself. Uh, We will provide uh, a tool that will allow you to do some of that before you come into the uh, to the workshop so that uh, you have you have a picture of where you stand compared to uh, other farmers from from across the country. 
Well, Simone Jetain-Hotel, thanks so much for joining us on the Canadian Podcast today. And, and really, good luck with the workshop. It sounds like a great opportunity for dairy farmers. Thanks. Thanks to you guys. And I hope to see uh, you and Andrew and Sarah there uh, in the next few months. Thanks, Simone. I'll be signing up, I think. It sounds fantastic. Well, Sarah, that definitely is a lot to think about when you think of, like, not just necessarily secrets of profitable milk, but I, th- I think, you know, what I take from that is just a lot of the things that I think we know we should be doing, but are we doing it right? Like, what do you think of all this? I think it sounds great. I, uh, I'll i admit I heard about the sessions prior and heard the title and I was like, oh yeah, okay, what are they going to tell us? And I have to say, after speaking with Simone, I'm uh, pretty encouraged to sign up. I feel like it would be great. I've often wanted to be part of a peer group or like doing something where we're talking and having conversations about on-farm management strategies. And uh I think this sounds like a great opportunity. So hopefully they get some good turnout to the session. Well, I'm really like when he said that he's got the one thing that he wasn't going to tell us as that like it's it makes me think, too, like, well, what is that one thing? I better (laughs) sign up, too. (laughs) But there's just one thing. If there's just one thing, but I, I think you're right. Like when, when you talk about that broad spectrum too, um, you know, just in terms of, you know, all, all that management, I, th- I think it's going to be, I think it sounds like a great workshop and a great opportunity in such a great time for taking that. It really does. All right. Well, certainly if you have any questions on this episode or suggestions for other episodes, please do not hesitate to reach out. Sarah and I would love to hear from you. We are on Facebook and Twitter. You just have to look for Canadian PodCow. You can also write to us. Our email is podcast at canadianpodcow.ca. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to our guest, Simone Jeté-Nantel of Lactinet. A big thanks to our production team, Bruce Sargent and Carl Belanger, and to our sponsors, Dairy Farmers of Canada. And of course, thank you for listening to us. We will uh, talk to you soon and hope you have a wonderful holiday. 